Air drumming your way into the weekend. Uh, Mr. Chris Holland, welcome to our new little segment that we're doing every week. It's kind of a week in review kind of thing. Felt like an air drumming kind of moment. Yeah. Well, how's uh, your weekend? It's been pretty fun. As you might, if you're just new to the podcast, Chris is the musical director for Homegrown. Uh, doing an incredible job, mate. It is a pleasure to do business with you. Pleasure to do business with you. What, what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> business, business. <laughs> Just playing a bunch of songs and talking to our favourite artists. It's an amazing job to have, and it's great to do it with you, man. Uh, uh, yeah. Brand new Don Walker, which is amazing. That's cool. Uh, I'm amazed by the chat you had with him, mm. and we're going to hear a whole lot more of that in the show next week. Is that right? Yeah. We played a snippet of uh, our chat with him, which was super cool. So this is an exclusive to this pod. Uh, we're publishing the full chat early next week. But Don, what, were you a little bit starstruck when I saw him? Does he have the best hair in music? <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. It's real with, with Don Walker, I'm sure a lot of people don't even know who he is or are familiar because he wasn't the, the star, the celeb mm. to be in Cold Chisel, but he's certainly the kind of key songwriter and the man behind so many of their yeah. magical moments because yeah. of his pen. Absolutely. Um, so it was really cool to have him in because, yes, solo album, which is out uh, on the 19th of May. We got to have a sneak chat with him. Should we just play a little bit of exclusive for all the homegrown legends listening right now, Dutchie? Yes. Here you go. This is a big moment for the show. It is a privilege to welcome one of our most acclaimed songwriters. It's music we've grown up with, whether it be with Cold Chisel, solo career, collaborating, author, producer, lyricist. It's a talent to carefully craft tracks that sound incredible on recordings and then live. Aria winner, Hall of Fame, Ted Albert Award recipient, sold out shows, millions of albums sold, Australia's Songwriters Hall of Fame. I welcome. The one and only Don Walker, an incredible body of work. Paved the way for so many Australian artists. Incredible songwriting. And as of right, I mean... Exciting times too. Uh, We've got a brand new solo album. It's been on repeat. The studio here in Triple M in Melbourne. A welcome to Triple M's Homegrown, the one and only Dom Walker. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me in, Matt. It's uh, it's really special. Um, I was talking to uh, Colin Hay yesterday, um, oh. randomly, and we were talking about interviews, and I was wondering, what's the earliest interview you remember doing? That would have been a long, long time ago, and and uh, I can't remember. It it would be with uh, mag- music magazines, street magazines, that kind of thing. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Uh, you've got a brand new album. It's super exciting. Uh, eight tracks recorded in two days. Yes. That's crazy. Can you tell us about that process and how you kind of got it done so quickly? Oh, it's easy to do if if you if you do all the workshopping of the songs before you go in and do it on the back of uh, some live dates, yeah. which is what we did at the beginning of last year. Yeah, nice. Do you feel like that's what you've done, you know, throughout your whole career? You know, uh, we go back to East and things like that, playing at the Bondi Lifesavers, going in and recording there? No. In in those days, we, we were touring and playing all the time. So anytime we went into the studio, it would have been on the back 
Mosaic of Gig. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. So tell us about what, uh, you know, where you were creatively when you were kind of putting these songs together. Were you, were you writing differently to how you'd done before, perhaps? Or how, how does it kind of work? No, we are doing, there's a bunch of guys that I work with. We're, I was writing, um, I guess, over the last four or five years while I was doing other things and accumulating these songs. And we also, under lockdown, we were sending music files around to each other and, and between, you know, where I was and, and uh, our bass player lives down the Mornington Peninsula. He's a bit of an engineer. And yep. Hamish Stewart, the drummer, he's up in Manly and, and coming up with clumsy demos of, of what we would end up doing. We're chatting to the one and only Dom Walker. So how were you kind of writing during COVID? Were you trying things differently? Because I guess you might have had a bit more time. You were at home in the studio rather than kind of moving around and, and, and doing other things. Uh, no, I don't have a studio. And oh, cool. all the studios were, were locked up. No, I, I, I just wrote in the same way that I normally do, which is, you know, pens and paper. Yeah, so that's pens easy. and paper and finding a, finding a quiet place. So it starts with lyrics for you. Well, the, I always have some music in my head, but, mm. but yeah, it's, it's pen and paper stuff rather than with, an, with a, an instrument. Is it easier to kind of know what instrument to follow after you kind of pen the lyrics when you're writing down? You, ha- you have an idea of how you want it to sound? Yeah, pretty good idea. Mm. And good good people that I can, that, you know, when I present an idea, they can they know what to do. Uh, you've done a lot of collaborating as well over the last few years. What's that kind of process like for you? And has that changed much, the way you kind of go about it? Is every, you know, songwriter you're working with, is it, is it different? Uh, co-writing with people, yes. Every, I don't do a lot of that these days, and and it's mainly with with a, a select a, a few people with whom it's been successful in the past. Yeah, and and everybody's different uh, that I do that with, and two or three people. Everybody turns up. You expect a different thing with each people. And so when you are uh, kind of write these songs and you're in the studio and you're penning it down, do you think about how it's going to be live, or do you just kind of think about how it is in the studio and you figure the live stuff out later? Uh, well, with with the people that that I record with in my solo work, there's mm. not there's not a lot of difference between what we do in the studio and, yeah. and what we can do live. Mm. That, that's pretty close because yeah. I don't I don't build up big superstructures of, of studio stuff. Yeah, we go into the we go into the studio with with everything very very well rehearsed and and sort of woodshedded on stage in yeah. front of people and 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 so what you hear on the record is um, as you would with a classical record or with a jazz record you hear you know musicians playing music together yeah in in one in in an event that actually happened mr dom walker such a soothing voice i feel like he could do voiceovers you know get him back in like for books reading books or anything available on the listener app this is a radio station (laughs) that's that's you know he's a legend hey just quickly what are you doing uh for the weekend just before i uh catch you Oh, you, you caught me off guard. Mm. Uh, something. I'm sure I'm going on a big, long drive to see some family member. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, I've got nothing. I've got no spot in my mind for looking forward to the weekend at the moment. I don't mm. know. What about you? Uh, we got gigs in Brisbane this weekend, and we've really, really kind of stuffed up. It's a big weekend of being Brizzy. Yeah, it's the worst weekend of being Brizzy if well, you're the a best. band. Well, it's the best if you book your Econ well in advance. But we got this gig last minute. Uh, if you're just listening now, we're playing in Brisbane at a venue called The Zoo on Saturday night. British India. British India. And it's magic round, which means that every hotel room is like 600 bucks. Ooh. So um, thinking about getting on the Brisbane Brecky show and doing a one triple three five three can British India sleep on your couch kind of thing and see what we get back. Do it. I reckon that's pretty fun. Hey, uh, as far as things going wrong and one of the most eventful people in music, Phil Jamison Grinspoon is up there. Hey, he's so, he's just got so much charisma, he such does. a character, and the best stories too. Uh, amazing stories, incredible charisma, and 
he has he's told some absolute pearlers. I'd love like you've even caught him up on the show while interviewing other bands <laughs> yeah. and, and got him to be involved. Uh, I appreciate what that man does. Yeah, and so we shoot out texts every now and then when we have questions from you guys, and let us know. Get a, get in contact on the socials as well, Triple M Rock Facebook, Instagram, and we do it out to we shoot shot some texts out to uh, a few musical people to ask what's the worst thing that's ever happened to them on stage. And here is Phil Jamison from Grinspoon's response. We're giving this a gold medal. At least silver. <laughs> what, you got a better story? <laughs> You've been here. All right, here we go. Here's Phil's take. Well, does it? Does the drummer falling off stage? Would that? I think that qualifies. I got hit by a a, a VB throwdown. I've got I think ten stitches on my scalp. Yeah. So I got knocked out, and there's blood all through my. F- I got knocked out on stage. Yeah, pretty good. Oh, I mean, not good. Not. For him. <laughs> no, Jeez. Mean, all right. The way you're looking at it. No, I mean, like good answer for us. <laughs> to tell people. <laughs> Look out. Take care of your musos. The yeah. whole band's important, even the guy that's hitting the skins. Exactly. And it's really easy for drummers to fall off stage because you can't sometimes see where the, if there's a big, if you're on like a- A platform. A big platform thing. Like sometimes it's hard to tell where the end is. I know that sounds really simple, but- But you know, you're a drummer. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's dark room with only lights and it's black and black and you don't know where the depth is. I get it. Uh, we're talking highlights from the week. And uh, if you follow us on the socials, you would have seen this. It's had a great response and we knew it would. The one and only Mr. Dale Braithwaite, Dutchie. The great Daz. It was amazing to just see him in the flesh, mm. uh, especially, well, you know, I don't know. There was Daryl Braithwaite, but now there's like post Harry Daryl Braithwaite. It yes. seems like a whole new beast. Yeah. And so uh, he came in and uh, we we're lucky enough to touch to him about, well, his whole career, like Sherbet, you know, starting again as a solo artist and the whole Harry Styles thing was such a big deal. Like I remember seeing it on the socials going, this is monumental. This is just a huge rebirth for his career. And content like that with an artist of that age and in that generation, it was, it was sharing yeah. like that, that was like a wildfire. Oh, did you see what Harry Styles did? Yeah. Oh, did you see, oh, this is great. And it's just that he's got a new audience again. <laughs> he continues to find them. Yeah. And uh, it makes you love Harry Styles that, mu- that much more, hey? Well, yeah. Knowing that he's willing to include others in, look, there's one perspective. If he is in a different world, he would yeah. have a team of yes. hundreds looking after him. He's untouchable. Mm. Girls chasing him, so he has to be protected. Yeah. But no, he's, he's looking outwards and bringing other people in. And uh, so if you're new to this, Daryl Braithwaite jumped up on stage with Harry Styles. Here's what it sounds like, and here's Daryl explaining how this happened. All right, I don't want any shortcuts in this story. I want to go right back to the start because there was footage of you emerging at the Harry Styles gig in Melbourne. I was there that night too. Incredible, all right, yeah. Incredible good. performance. Talk me through how this all happened. Okay. Um, about five years ago, uh, I was up in Sydney at the Arias and um, I was introduced to Harry Styles. He, or he actually, I think Dennis Hanlon, who was the CEO then of Sony, brought him over and said, Daryl, this is Harry. I've gone, oh, Harry, hi, how are you? sort of shook hands and that was that was it he mm. walked away and then on that tour that he was on i think he played the horses once or twice yeah. and i i saw footage of that back in whatever it was 217 or 218 i thought my god that was that was that was weird anyway 
nothing that was weird. happened. And then years went by until um, March this year or April. No, March, I think. Mm. And uh, Harry was out here again and um, he started playing the horses, I think, in his Perth gig. And I remember waking up watching the news in the morning. I thought, God, what's that? Is that that Harry Styles bloke playing that song? <laughs> and I just felt elated. I thought, my God, because everyone rang and said, oh, Daryl, you're on the TV and <laughs> you're with Harry. And I said, no, no, I'm not with Harry, but... Uh, Anyway, um, I thought when he was coming to uh, Melbourne, I thought I'll go and see him. Just yeah. So I asked Sony, could they get us a ticket? They got us a ticket for my friend and I, and we went along. And we're standing there to the side of the stage about yeah. 100 metres away, mm-hmm. and uh, support band with, I think, Wet. I'm wet not, Leg. Yeah, they'd finished. They were really good. I liked the girl singer there. I thought she was great. And that finished, and they played the, the music in between. And uh, after about three or four songs, they played the horses, like the my recorded version. <laughs> Of it. And I'm standing there going, this is not good. This is not. And then people in front have gone, aren't you the, aren't you the guy that sings? Are you? And then all of a sudden cameras turned or and I just stood there like a dill. I just didn't know <laughs> what to do. Yeah. And so that subsided. And then, But I had a funny story. We were up uh, sta- well, standing where we were and there were four people, young girls standing to my right, who prior to this happening had come up and said, to us, hey, listen, we know you're security. But are we all right to stand here? No, no, we're not security. It's fine. You can stand there all you like. It's fine. Then after the the horses the first time, they went, oh, can I have a phone? So it just started and then the, and it was really, it was surreal, the whole thing. Even the police came and said, hey, listen, do you want us to look after? I said, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just, I'll just stand here. It'll be fine. So that passed and um, Harry started the show yeah. and it was really good and then got to the end, near the end, and he does the horses again. And I thought, oh, my God. It's had two goes. <laughs> and so he did that. That was fantastic. And then to move forward about a week or so, we, my band and I were playing on the Friday night up in Sydney at the zoo, yeah. had a fantastic gig, came off. At, oh, and, and we actually, that night, I'd, I'd got the band to learn a little bit of Watermelon Sugar oh, High. Oh, genius. Because there'd been talk of, about all this thing, the Harry thing, and I thought, oh. anyway, we did it and it was great. Came off stage about half an hour later, I get a phone call from... Vanessa, uh, the CEO of Sony, and she said, "Daryl, no, Harry wants you to uh, <laughs> sing with him tomorrow night. If you if you can stay are you in Sydney, I said, no, no, we're going home. Oh, well, can you stay over? I said, mm, okay, then I'll stay over. <laughs> yeah. And uh, stayed over with Brad, my sound engineer. And it was so again, it was a day that you just thought this is going to be really un- unbelievable." <laughs> Like, you know. Mm. Anyway, we went out to Acor Stadium, uh, maybe about four hours before it all started. Got to meet Harry about an hour and a half before he went on in his room and lovely guy. Yeah. And uh, I said to him, well, um, we're going to do the horses. So what about um, how do you want to do it? And he said, well, how do you want it? I said, well, no, it's your show. <laughs> And oh, and then we agreed that, okay, he would do the first verse, I'll do the second. <coughs> and then the chorus is out, bang, that's it. Said, okay, fine, that's it. Yeah. And then I stayed in my room for the next three hours while he got ready. Then he started his show. Then they said, it's time. And I thought, oh. <laughs> it's like the electrocution. <laughs> and I walked backstage and I thought, my God. 
how many people are here? Anyway, got backstage. They put in in ears, mm-hmm. which I never wear. Okay. So I'm there floundering a little bit, going. Can uh, uh, I? And they said, do you, "Do you want anything in your?" I said, "I can hear Harry, but can I have a little bit of keyboard?" Yeah, of course. Okay. And then so we're standing there. Harry finishes the the show as such. Comes backstage with his singers and band. Comes up to me and goes, "Okay, Daryl, you ready?" So and then he does a, a knuckles, you know, thing. Goes, "Yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. Yeah, all good. Can't hear anything." <laughs> And then went out, um, and my God, it oh. was just, it was, because um, I don't know how many were there, 70,000 or yeah, more. Yeah, sold out. And I could hear him, and then I could hear dung, 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 you know, the horses. And it was just, um, it was surreal, the whole thing. But it was such a, a mighty experience that, you know, yeah. like hard to explain, because I just felt the elation that, you know, and his warmth as well. Mm. And it was just so easy. It was just, um, and then it, it went without a hitch, you know, and then I walked yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> and left it up to him, but he was but a lovely guy. He really is. Just a yeah, you know, the sweetest guy and sort of um and it worked. What did you did you see him afterwards or was that the kind of the only No, no, of- we but we <laughs> We went out, uh, we left in the police escort. So we had to, as soon as he came off stage into his car or yeah. whatever, and we got in ours. Daryl and Harry. When Daryl met Harry. When Hasn't Harry does. met Daniel. Hasn't does. <laughs> uh, you, you can listen to that full chat uh, with Daryl. Just scroll down a little bit. It's here on the Homegrown page. Uh, there are highlights from this week. Uh, we're going to drop an exclusive interview from with Dom from Pacific Avenue. They've released their debut album, Flowers, which is super exciting. How good is that band? Yeah. Sunny Coast represent. Sunny Coast represent. So that's dropping next week. We've also got some big names coming by as well. We've got Brad Cox next week. That's going to be fun. His song Last Time Last, I know that came out a few months ago, mm. but still I heard it again and it's, it's, it's catchy as it's really, it's beautiful. Like that guy's like just a Queensland farmer who's doing real good. Literally the only interview we've ever done with someone who was on the back of a truck herding <laughs> cattle yeah. and then he sent us a video of it. He's, he's great. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Barnes, Chris Chaney coming up too. Uh, Dutchy, so, so much fun. Have a great weekend. Thanks for having us on. Great to chat. Enjoy yeah. your weekend. Exactly. If you don't follow the page, follow us here. We're going to keep you updated throughout next week. And yeah, thank God for Australian music because it's the best. Amen. See you next time.